Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen. Y'all can be seated this morning. Let's, uh, let's give the Lord a hand and another great job to our band this morning. And uh, I turned my mic on just a little too early because I was excited to get up here. Sorry about that little squeal because of that, but I am uh, grateful to be uh, worshiping together this morning. As I was listening to the words of that song, I could almost imagine that that was on the heart uh, of Peter when he wrote First uh, Peter. And I, I imagine uh, that this apostle who had fled uh, the, the scene of the cross, this apostle who had denied uh, Jesus three times, that all of a sudden, after coming face to face with the risen Savior, penned those words that said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that's caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. I am uh, just overjoyed this morning to, uh, to celebrate the resurrection. We've been walking through the Scripture since January. We've been looking at this great big story uh, of Scripture, and we've been seeing that everything has been pointing to Jesus. And last week, we, we landed in this incredible moment where we just reflected on the cross, and we reflected on the words that Jesus cried out, that it is finished, that our death has been paid, and we come this morning to celebrate that he is risen. Amen. And, and when the church, like, let's try this again. Like when we say he is risen, and we respond, he is risen indeed. Let's do that this morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And because of that, we have a living hope. And in the midst of whatever you might have walked in to this room with this morning, I want to remind you that our God meets us where we're at in the midst of our difficult times, in the midst of those confused times. And as we open the written word of God, that it points us to the living word of God where Jesus reveals himself and Jesus changes everything. That's what we're going to see this morning. We're going to be in Luke 24. Uh, If you want to take your copy of God's word and open up there, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to jump in. Uh, in just a moment. Father, we are grateful that we have been born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And because of that, we have an inheritance that is incorruptible, something that can't fade away no matter what uh, we see happening in the world that's around us. We are reminded that we are not home yet and that, that what we have waiting for us is greater than anything that we could imagine in these moments. And so we... Uh, fix our eyes on you. We look uh, to those times, God, we, and we rejoice and praise you uh, for your sacrifice on the cross, for making a way for us to be in your presence. And Lord, we pray today that our worship would be pleasing to you as we open your word, as we reflect on your truth. God, I pray that you would meet us where we're at, God, that you would meet every individual in this room, God, that in the power of your spirit, you might speak to us, Lord. I read in your word of those times uh, where the manifest presence of God was felt in a place as the spirit of God descended and lives were changed, God, and we long for those kind of moments, Lord, uh, times where uh, the dead are made alive, Lord, and where uh, the lost are found, God, and we just pray this morning would be a morning like that, that we would leave here rejoicing in the realities of the resurrection, Lord, that we would not only know it with our minds, God, but it would penetrate our hearts and that we might proclaim the good news of the gospel wherever we go. Lord, we pray that you would do what only you can do. God, we pray you do it through your word. And God, we pray uh, that you would do it in every one of us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the cross. We thank you for resurrection hope. And we praise you this morning for who you are in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. 
So we're excited about this series that we're in. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're so grateful that you are here. If you look in the back of your uh, seats or in those that might be in front of you, you'll find uh, some welcome cards there. You could take just a moment uh, and just let us know of your time with us. We'd love to uh, just share a gift with you as you leave. You'll see a, a connect table as you leave. We'd love to share that. Uh, with you just to connect as you are ready to connect. We promise not to show up at your house uh, at any time crazy this week or anything like that unless you invite us. So listen, we, uh, we're grateful that you're here. We've been walking through the scriptures this year. We began in Genesis in January, and we've been trying to look at this great big story of scripture, and we've been seeing that it's all about Jesus. And we uh, last week, we looked at the cross, and we found this just center point uh, of, of the scriptures, this moment right where everything changes. And today uh, we're going to celebrate that Jesus rose from the grave. And we're going to see how he engages uh, with some folks that were a little confused and a little bit discouraged. And so uh, this past week, I had a last minute opportunity and I'm good at last minute opportunities. So on Tuesday, uh, I'd seen this event that was going on at the Cove and it was called um, this, uh, the pastor's role in a high impact church. And I said, you know, it just resonated with my heart. I said, you know, we've got a high impact church, a group of believers that are making a difference, I believe, in the places that God has placed us. And I said, I'd like to know what my role is in that, right? So I'd love to go to that. So I said, hey, you know what? I think I'll call and see if there's any availability there because online it said it was shut down and no availability. So I call and uh, I actually had sent an email first and didn't get that. And so I'd waited kind of all that day and I was thinking, well, it's probably not going to happen. So I call and I get a hold of this lady and this lady says, hey, we actually just had a cancellation. So you are welcome to come. We'd love to have you. And then she said, will you be staying on site? And I said, no, I can drive. I live uh, just, you know, like an hour and something away in Franklin. I said, I can drive back and forth. That's fine. And she said, listen, the people that canceled had a room. Why don't you just enjoy your stay? And I said, you know, this sounds like a great idea idea. This must be Jesus. So I'm going. And so, so I've read online about this retreat. I've read all about it and I'm thinking this is going to be a great time. It's just a bunch of pastors that are there. And, and honestly, once I got there that evening, I looked around and all of them had their wife and I liked my wife. Like I was missing my bride because I was looking around and everybody had their bride. Everybody was kind of hanging out. And so what I did in that moment, I was like, I'm missing my girl, but um, you know, I mean, I, I'm here. It's going to be like, you know, real spiritual and everything. It's going to be good. And so I'm looking around. I'm like, I got to find some people without a wife because we'll connect. Like, so I'm looking around and I find uh, this table uh, of guys there and we connect and we begin to, to you know, just kind of talk about things and connect. I'll share a little more uh, about that later. But uh, we get done with the conference that night. And those of you that know me know that like, Sherry and I make one good person, right? That's what God does when he puts people together. He, he brings people together. And at the end of the day, they just make one good person, right? They're, they're like, we have so many differences. We are so radically different. Like we could tell you all day just ways that we are different. But she is my navigator. Like she is the directional, like everything. She knows exactly where to go, what to do. And I could get lost in church and I've been here a long time, right? It's just, that's where I'm at. So I get there and I'm going into the, uh, the pilgrim's inn. I feel like a pilgrim. I'm wandering around. Like I go into pilgrim's inn. I'm looking, I get in there. Now my room, they give me a little card and uh, it's after the conference. So all the pastors and their wives are hanging out in the little area that you come into and fellowship and all those kind of things. And they're hanging out and I walk in, I'm like, Hey, how y'all doing? You know, I'm thinking I'm missing my wife. How y'all doing? And so I get my little, I got my, my suitcase and I've got a backpack with my computer in it. And then I got like some little snacks. I got everything and I'm carrying it around and I just walk. I don't look at anything. I just walk to the elevator. Several other guys uh, get on there uh, as well. And so they're going up. I'm going up. I just get in there because I'm in 208. And so I get on there and, uh, and like nice people do, they say, where are you heading? I was at number two. 
And they just kind of look at me. And... Now, I, I came on the level I parked in. That should be number one in, in my book. But, but I found out, they said, no, no, you, you were on n- number two. I say, yeah, I, I just, I'm riding, just riding, visiting, meeting people, just meeting people, just trying to get to know people. That's what I'm doing, just riding. Now, granted, I've already walked by all these pastors that are downstairs, so I, so I ride a little elevator back down, and I get back off my little luggage and all that. And, and I don't read to show you guys all that stuff. I, don't, I just go. And so like, I, I look, and there's like a number with a two on it. I'm like, I'm on the right floor. So I cruise by all those people, give them my little bags. How y'all doing? They're looking at me a little funny by now. You know, I cruise on by them. Go on past there. I get on there like 216, 218, two, mine's 208. I think, oh, man, I'm in the wrong spot again. You know, so here I am. I get my stuff. I turn around. <laughs> Same crew. <laughs> I'm walking down through there. You know, the Lord loves to keep me humble. He does it all the time. And so, so I'm walking by them. By this time, they're like, hey, man, you need some help? I'm like, no, seriously. I'm just getting, I'm just getting my exercise. And by the way, I'm out of options. Like, I know my room is right there. Like, I'm positive. This is where I'm going. I know where I'm going now. And so, so today, we're going to lean into some guys. And, and we find them uh, in a confused moment, right? We find them on the way home, right? They're on uh, what Scripture refers to as the road to Emmaus. We're going to pick up in uh, verse 13 of Luke 24, right? And, and we see that these guys, right, they were, they were discouraged. They were doubting. They were in just this weary moment. We're going to see how God shows up in the midst of that with resurrection hope. So verse 13, uh, Scripture says this, and we're going to go a, a long way, maybe like verse 30. 536. We'll see how we land. But uh, verse 13, the scripture says this, and behold, two of them were going that very day. Uh, Now, I want to pause for just a second. Uh, They were going that very day. And when you see that very day, we've got to read back into the first part of that chapter. We know that it was that very day that Jesus had rose from the grave, right? It is resurrection Sunday. And the scripture says that that very day they were going to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So that very day, by the way, uh, is the greatest day of all time. It, It was the greatest news of all times, the news that Jesus Christ, that God's one and only son, that he had stepped out, the scripture says, from the glories of heaven, that he had left heaven, that he had taken on flesh, and that he had dwelt among us, that he was tempted in every way, but that he lived a life that was without sin, that he was uh, betrayed, and that he was was turned over to sinful men uh, and was crucified between two thieves. And as we looked last week, that up on that cross, that he cried out with a loud voice, and I want you to know that it was not a a cry of defeat, but it was a shout of victory. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice to tell us, it is finished. The debt has been paid. And we come together this morning and we are not fighting for victory in the midst of the Christian life, but we are fighting from victory that has already been won. He cried out, it is finished. The scripture says that he yielded up his spirit, that he was taken down from the cross, that he was placed in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, good news, on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave, the tomb was empty, and we are born again right today into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He rose from the grave this morning, and he lives forevermore. That is good news this morning. On that very day. Now, the scripture says that there were two of them. You got to remember there's some important things to know about this time. And for uh, witnesses to count, there had to be two of them, right? So that was a requirement. And the scripture says in verse 14 that they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken 
place. Now, they, they've been uh, discussing the events of these last few days. They, they had heard, we're going to see, that the tomb was empty. But uh, if you read verse 12, you're going to see Peter, that he goes to the tomb and he looks in and he leaves and he's reflecting and he's amazed, but, but he's not convinced in those moments. And what we're going to see is that they've heard of these accounts and they've heard that, that the tomb was empty. They were amazed, but they were unconvinced. And they're on this long walk, like they're going seven or eight miles. Like they are cruising. They're going on this walk. They're discouraged. They're doubting. They're heading home, they are in this kind of crazy moment. They're discussing all these events that have happened. Verse 15 says, while they were talking and discussing, and I love how Jesus shows up where Jesus wants to show up. And he shows up in the midst of their hurting, in the midst of their confusion. And by the way, when you see the names of these folks, you only get the name of one of them. These are not the all-star team that's being, uh, being talked about the whole time. And they're really not all-stars. You see how broken and messed up all the disciples were, but they're not, uh, they're not in the list of those 12. They're not in those kind of places. We read about them. We don't know very much about them. But what we see is that Jesus himself approaches and begins to travel with them. Verse 16 gives us some important information. So Jesus is with them and the scripture says that their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Uh, in the Greek, the way that this tense is worded and the way that what we see in there is it's this passive dynamic. And so it's this picture of God is causing them not to be able to see uh, who Jesus is. So it's kind of this divine uh, hidden moment that's there. And, and the first thing I want you to see today is that resurrection hope is found in the Savior's presence. Resurrection hope is found in the Savior's presence. And I don't know about you, but there are times when things are difficult. Uh, there are times when things are, uh, are crazy in the midst of this life. And in those moments, there are times that it seems like God is very far away. But in reality, I want to remind you that in those moments that he draws near to the broken, that, that he is close to us in those moments. And I want to remind you that in those moments where he seems far away, it is in those moments that he may be closer than ever. Now, Jesus had seen them, right? But they had not seen him. And you're wondering, like, I'm thinking if I'm Jesus and they're discouraged and I'm like able to do like just show up, like I'm, I'm thinking that immediately I'm going to go, don't be down, don't be down. Look, 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 it's me. It's true. I'm alive. Right? I'm thinking I'm gonna like, surprise. I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking there's some way like I'm going to do that. I mean, that's just awesome. Right. But, but he didn't do that because God has a plan and his timing and his plan and his purposes, they're perfect and they can't be thwarted. And he is working in the midst of those moments. Sometimes we don't see it, but Jesus sees us in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of whatever we are facing. I want to remind you that Jesus sees, that he knows, that he cares, that he has compassion and he desires to meet with us in those places. Verse 17. And he says to them, what are these words? Like he's like, I've been listening in. What are y'all talking about? He's like, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And so they just stop and they turn around and they're looking at him. And the scripture says that they're just looking sad. Like they're, they're very uh, discouraged in these moments. And one of them named Cleopas says, answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these last days? They're like, are you kidding me? Like you traveled all the way here and you've been here. You don't know, you don't know about Jesus. You don't know what's going on in these last few days. Now, Cleopas, we don't really know for sure who that is. Uh, there's another place in scripture where it talks about Clopas and it talks about being the husband of Mary. And so some people say, well, hey, it was probably him and Mary, but it's a different name. Uh, I'm not really sure who it was. But what I do know is that it really doesn't matter because here's, here's what we know. Here are these two people that Jesus cares about, and he shows up in the midst of their discouragement, in the midst of these moments, and he says to them, verse 19, he says, what things? And they said to him, 
the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and, and mighty indeed in word, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers, how they delivered him to the sentence of death and have crucified him. And then we see why they're discouraged, right? In verse 21, it says, but we were hoping. Right, so here they are. There's been this unmet expectation that they had. There's been this moment that they've been expecting Jesus to do something that, that was really different than what Jesus was here to do in this moment. And so they're in this place and they're saying, we were hoping it was he. We were hoping it was him. We were hoping it would be him who was the Messiah, the one that would redeem Israel. We were hoping that was him. And besides this, it's been three days. Besides this, it's the third day since all this has gone on, right? Since all these things have happened. They said, listen, we were hoping he'd be the one. We were hoping he, he would be the Messiah that would overthrow Rome. We were hoping, uh, if you remember, just a week before, I, I feel sure that these, these, uh, these disciples, that they were, they were there, right, on Palm Sunday. And, and there's a shout that's going out, right? They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're crying out, save us, save us. But they were looking to be saved from the oppression of Rome. They were looking in those places, and here they are. Their dreams and their hopes, they've been crushed and really, in this room, we can find people that are in a place that they never thought they would be in. They can find themselves disappointed. We know in the midst of the broken world that we live in what it feels like to be disappointed. We know what it feels like to be discouraged. We know what it feels like when the way that things are supposed to work and the things that we feel like are supposed to work in a certain way don't work out the way that we thought. And we become hopeless. And in those moments, we turn to all kinds of things. When we are hopeless, we, we do all kind of crazy things, right? We try to cope in all kind of ways. Uh, when, when we get in those moments, we can find ourselves uh, rejecting relationships and, and just dis, uh, you know, really, really disconnecting from things that used to be important for us. We might overeat, right? We might sleep too much. We might become just apathetic and really lazy and just weary. We might get in those kind of places. We might try to cope and cover with alcohol. We see all around the world when people get in those places with alcohol and drugs and we're trying all these different things so that we might mask our pain. But what I want you to know this morning is that we have a message that a lost and dying world that is without hope needs to hear. And it is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings hope. And he brings hope in the midst of difficult times. He gives hope in the darkest places that we might ever walk. And my hope is that some of you that may have entered in here in the midst of a dark place and some of us that may used to have been on fire for Jesus. You know, I love to hear people when they say, you know what? I met this guy and he was on fire for Jesus, right? I love when I hear those things. And I love to be around people who are on fire for Jesus. And when, when we are around those people, right, it rubs off, right? And we're stirred by those things. And it's my hope that some of us that may have grown cold in the midst of our walk with Christ, that through the power of God, through the word of God and the spirit of God, that we might be lit afresh on fire for him, living for the glory of his name. But these guys, right? They are confused. They go on and they begin to tell us in verse 22. They say, but there were some women among us, right? But also some women among us, they amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came. They came and they were saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us, they went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had seen just as they had said, right? Just as the women also had said. But there was something that were, was missing, right? They, they had not 
seen him. Right? The scripture says, but him they did not see. See, they had heard about the resurrection. They had heard about the empty tomb. But it did not become reality in their minds, right? And they, we're going to see, they knew the scriptures, right? They knew Old Testament prophecies, but they had missed the big picture. They had missed what was important, right? And, and, and their plan had not worked out the way that they thought it should. But what we're going to see is not only is resurrection hope found in the Savior's presence, but that resurrection hope is found in suffering and death. Look at verse 25 and 26. Now, Jesus rebukes them, right? He's going to say, oh, foolish men. He rebukes them for their, for their turning, uh, not turning to the scriptures and the things that they should know. He says, oh, foolish men and slow of heart. Notice he said slow of heart, not slow of mind. He says, oh, foolish men and slow of heart to, to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? So he's giving them the truth. He's giving them grace and truth. Right? He's rebuking them in this moment. And he doesn't say, you know, this would have been a great time when they're talking about all that for him to go, hey, look, it's me. But he chooses to stay revealed. He chooses to continue to engage with them because he is teaching them something that is very critical. And, and he, they're asking him, don't you know what's happening? He knows. He sees. And the, the problem with these guys, it's the same problem we have, right? It's, it's the same problem. It's not so much with the head. But it's with their heart. They've got a bunch of knowledge, right? They've, they've understood, and, and at least with their mind, they've read all these things about the Messiah. And they've been looking for him. They, they have those kind of things. The Scripture had predicted that there would be a Messiah. The Scripture predicted this coming of the kingdom, that, that, this, that this Messiah, that they would come from the lineage of David, right? We, we know those kind of things. We've looked at that through this year. And, and there was a kingdom that would be established. And this kingdom was going to be incredible because it was going to be a kingdom without end. It was going to be a kingdom that, that would be ruled by the line of Judah, right? This is going to be who it is. This is what they are looking for. But their picture of the Messiah was missing what was necessary. Jesus said, did you not know that it was necessary? Did you not see that it was necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? See, their picture of the Messiah was missing the necessity of the gospel. See, the, the, their picture of the Messiah was missing the very necessity, necessity that we all needed to redemption that we needed. See, they thought that they just needed saved from wrong. They thought they just needed to be saved from this oppression. They said, hey, the chief priests and our rulers, ran, they, they, they delivered him up to be crucified. But the reality is that all of those and that all of us, they needed redemption from sin. They needed uh, redemption and they were missing the rest of the story. See, Rome was the least of their problems. Their sin had separated them from a holy God. Their sin had caused them uh, to be separated and in need of a Savior. And Jesus died on that cross and he cried out to Telestai in the redemption was complete. It was finished. And it gives us hope right in the midst of these moments. The resurrection gives hope in the midst of difficult times in our life. The resurrection gives hope in our suffering. Uh, we, we read that, that we consider uh, this momentary light affliction, right? Not worthy to be compared to the glory that awaits us. That the sufferings of this present life aren't worthy to be compared. We read those things in scriptures and somehow we lose sight of that. And we are reminded this morning that the resurrection gives hope not only only through Jesus' suffering and death, but it gives us hope in the midst of those times when we're suffering and when we go through difficult times. Because here's the truth. For followers of Jesus Christ, death is not the end. 
We have a living hope through our living Lord. You know, one of the blessings that I had on that first night. Now, uh, I, I was able to tell Sherry that like, hey, there's, there's, some, there's some ladies over here um, like with their husbands and stuff. And we made like all these arrangements. And she was able to come over uh, the next day and spend the day with me. And we just had a, just an incredible time and got to worship together and just enjoy uh, time with one another uh, around the Word of God. And it was just a beautiful time. But that first night, like I was looking for some guys that, that were like me maybe and didn't have anybody there. And in my mind, I'm kind of, you know, wishing my, my bride was there and I'm doing those kind of things. And so I sat down uh, by this guy and I want you to meet my new friend. You'll see him on the screen. His name's Jesse. And, uh, and Jesse, when I got around Jesse, like um, there was something about, about Jesse that just, man, you could just, he just oozed Jesus. I don't know if you get around people and you just, you just see just an overflow of relationship with him. So I, I'm starting to talk to Jesse and I'm like, Jesse, where are you from? And he's telling me and we're talking about all that. And, and Jesse asked me, he said, hey, uh, Jason, he said, you ever been to the Cove before? And I said, no. I said, this is the first time I've ever been here. And he said, me too. He was just smiling, you know. And I said, uh, I said, yeah. I said, I'm excited. I said, this is such a nice place. And he said, I was supposed to come um, a little bit back. But he said, I, I didn't get to come. He said, uh, and then he said in 2020, he said, I, I lost my wife to COVID. And he said, we were supposed to come together. And boy, in those moments, man, I was... I was hearing him, you know, my heart was just, just burdened for him. And Jesse said, you know, for a little while, he said, I kind of moped around and I was kind of, just kind of down and depressed. And he said, but, uh, you know, he said, I got into the word of God and he said, the spirit of God began to speak to me. And he said, and I've been preaching. He said, I've been sharing the good news of Jesus. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to see my girl. And until then, I'm going to proclaim the good news. And he is, and he's testifying of it. And he said, you know what? And he said, in every moment, he said, I want to tell you, he said, my God has been faithful. He said, in every moment, he's been with me. And in every moment, and he's, he's testifying and I'm starting to like tear up because that's what I do. And then I'm hearing all these things. And there's something as he's testifying about the greatness of God and the difficulty of his place. My heart is stirring right in my heart. It is rejoicing, right? Because resurrection hope is found even in the midst of suffering and death. And, and, and the, what I want you to see also is that it's found in the scriptures. Look at verse 27. Jesus then says this, or Jesus then does this. We see this. Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Now you probably, when you got to verse 16, you're probably saying, why like when we read that, we're thinking, why didn't Jesus just show himself in the beginning? Why didn't he do the surprise thing? Why didn't he reveal himself in the beginning? What's the purpose of, of all this? And, and I believe with all my heart that Jesus wanted himself to be seen through the scriptures, not through an experience in that moment, right? That he wanted them to base their confidence in the gospel on the scriptures, on the word of God. He desired that they might see. And, and here's the truth, right? We, we need to remember that the, the, the written word of God reveals to us the living word of God in Jesus Christ, who is our living hope, right? We, we recognize those things. And by the way, I was reading studies recently, and the more frequently that people open the word of God, the more pe frequently that people read the word of God, guess how that's connected to hope, right? It goes up. The, the more frequency of the reading of the word of God, the more hopeful are the people of God. Imagine that, right? We have this gift, right, of the Word of God that, that we can open up, you know, and, and I, was, I was thinking about what Jesus would have shared with them. And this week as I was reading this passage, I'm thinking, 
why didn't this get recorded, Dr. Luke? Like, I mean, of all the things, like I love the Sermon on the Mount, right? I said, it's the greatest sermon that's been ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever preached. And then I'm reading this and I'm thinking, maybe, maybe this was the one. Maybe this was the greatest sermon that was ever preached. As Jesus expounded the scriptures to them, as he uh, shared with them the, the scriptures and how they uh, had pointed to him, as he had shared uh, these things, beginning with Moses, with the, 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 the Torah, right? With beginning with these writings, going through the prophets, pointing and explaining to them all these things that were concerning Jesus in the scriptures, right? And I'm thinking, where did he start, right? And I'm thinking, I wish that was recorded. I wish I'd had uh, all the words of that that we could read. And then the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. And and, and it reminded, the Holy Spirit reminded me that we want the easy way, right? We want to know exactly what Jesus said. We want to know exactly what scriptures that he was looking at. But, But here's what Jesus has given us. He has given us the Word of God. And, and as we read the Old Testament and the Spirit of God uh, speaks to us through the Word of God, we have those same stories. We have those things. I like to think that Jesus probably started in Genesis 3.15. And he said, you know, it was the seed of the woman that was going to crush the head of the serpent. And here I am. And when you look in Genesis 22 and you read the story of Abraham and Isaac and, and they're headed up this mountain, right? And he says, God himself will provide a lamb. That, that yes, it was a beautiful story, but it was pointing to something greater. And it is me. It is that lamb. You remember when, when John the Baptist looked out and he said, behold, right there. He said, behold, put everything up. Stop stop focusing on anything else. Stop talking to your neighbor. Behold, right there. That's the lamb of God. That, that's him right there. That's the one that you've been looking for. That is him. He said, remember when he did that? Maybe he went to Psalm 22 and he said, you know, hundreds of years before the crucifixion, David wrote these things about the crucifixion. Maybe he went to Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 and he talked about the suffering that this servant must go through that the Messiah maybe shared all of those things right but he revealed himself through the scriptures verse 28 and they approached the village where they were going and he acted as though he was going further but they urged him saying stay with us for it is nearly getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over so he went in to stay with them and when he had reclined at the table with them he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it he began giving it to them. Now, I love how they were hosting Jesus, but all of a sudden, when he gets in there, he's hosting them, right? I love how that turned around, right? And he's breaking this bread. Verse 31, their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Now, I like to think that maybe he's breaking the bread, and, and they see the, the nail-scarred hands that the Lord allows them to, to understand who he is, and then all of a sudden, he's gone, right? The Scripture says that he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, look at verse 32, I love this. He said, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? And look at what they said. While he was explaining the scriptures to us. Right? He opened their eyes. And, and they, they reflected on something beautiful that was happening. Not just when they realized Jesus had been with them. But they reflected at this time that he had opened up and expounded the scriptures to them. And revealed who Jesus was in the scriptures and and they talked about this transformation right of their heart uh, on the road right that they're recounting this moment right where their burdened hearts became burning with passion for the Lord but their their burdened heart was set aflame right and it was as the scriptures were explained 
the Bible, the written word of God. I'll say it over and over again, right? The written word of God, it takes us to Jesus who is the living word of God. In our hearts, when we live out of an overflow of time with Jesus, out of an overflow of being in his word, our hearts are set aflame and our hearts are set aflame. And there's something when you think about people whose hearts are set aflame for Jesus, when you think about people who we would refer to and say, you know what? They are on fire for Jesus. How do you know? How do you know they're on fire for Jesus when you see somebody and you say, and and it's somebody that you would describe as being on fire for Jesus? The way you know is that they can't stop talking about him. They can't stop sharing about him. They can't stop referring to him. They can't stop telling about how Jesus has impacted their life, right? And we, when we are in the word of God and the spirit of God meets us in those moments, right? And, and, and allows us to understand and comprehend the word of God as we understand and God speaks to us through his word, right? We are set aflame with a passion to share the good news that we have heard, right? Our lives, this is what they should look like. Followers of Jesus Christ. I, I believe that, and, and some of you are not morning people, I get that, but, but here's the thing. I believe our lives should look like, hey, we're gonna get up and we're gonna spend time with Jesus because we're not, we're not gonna, like, we, we wanna read, like we wanna get the plays before we go out on the field and play, right? We wanna, we wanna like read the word of God. We wanna live out of an overflow in that. We wanna spend some time with Jesus. We open the word of God. And then that day, there ought to be moments throughout our day that as we seek the Lord, as we worship the Lord together, that our conversations with other believers, right, that we're preaching the gospel to one another, that we're talking about how God is speaking to our life. Like we ought to have moments when we're around other believers and we ought to say, hey, just tell me how God's speaking to you right now. What's, what, what are you learning in your quiet time? What is God sharing with you in, in his word? What, what are you learning in those places? This ought to be a part of our life because resurrection hope, it's not only found in the Savior's presence. It's, it's found in those places, right? It's found in the scriptures. It's found through suffering. It's found through all those things. But resurrection hope is found in sharing our story. L- look at verse 33 through, uh, let's, let's go on down to 36, right? But, but resurrection hope is found in sharing our story. Verse 33, and they got up that very hour. So, so here they are. They, they've understood that they've been with Jesus. He's revealed through the scriptures the things that had happened and the necessity of the gospel, right? And they got up that very hour. That's what the scripture says, and returned to Jerusalem. So they were going one direction, and they said, you know what? We're going back to Jerusalem. They got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, and they begin to testify. That's what they did, right? They say, hey, the Lord has really risen, and, and he's appeared uh, to Simon, right? The, the Lord has really risen, and, and here's what was happening. Look at verse 35. They began to relate their experiences on the road. Hey, he, 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 you're not going to believe this. He showed up. We didn't know who he was. Like, like, we just couldn't see him. I don't know. We were, we were just really discouraged. We were looking down. We were really sad. He, he showed up. He's like, what are y'all talking about? And we're like, oh, and so they're, I'm sure they're just like overwhelmed, right? Can you imagine this moment? Like, like when we were talking about, like, like who are you? How do you not know? What? Are you like a visitor? You don't know what happened to Jesus? He is Jesus. And they're like, he was there the whole time. We didn't know what we were telling him all about what happened to Messiah. And we were like upset. We were like, oh my goodness, did you not know? Like we were, we had our hopes up because like Rome's been really bad and we're not happy about them and he's going to overthrow them. And we've been looking and we've been like, save us, Hosanna, Hosanna. Then all of a sudden everything shifts and it's this crazy mix. And then all of a sudden, like Jesus tells us all this stuff in the scriptures and we didn't understand all of it was pointing to him. And then all of a sudden he, he reveals it and our hearts are like, man, we are, we understand, like we're getting it. Like we're 
we're ready. This is the kind of moment that we're in. This is what's happening to us. This is like the greatest thing that's ever happened. Jesus showed up. He, he's telling us. He, he, he reveals himself. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're like going on the road. We get, we get to a maze. We get there. All of a sudden, Jesus is there. We're like, hey, please stay. It, it's almost like the word in there is like really compelling. It's like they almost like force him to stay. He's like, but I know you can't force Jesus to do nothing. But still. So they... So like we, we, we made him stay. He stayed with us. We got there. We did that. He sat down. And then when he broke the bread, we saw his nail-scarred hands. And all of a sudden, our eyes were open. And we recognized that this whole time that we've been worshiping, we've been fellowshipping, that we've been hearing from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is alive and he is risen. And let me tell you something. When you begin to testify about how Jesus has been showing up in your life, I'm convinced that it's in those moments that Jesus shows up in the lives of those people that you're talking to and begins to reveal himself to them. Look at this in. Verse 36, he says, while they were telling these things, look what Jesus did. I love how it does it. Look at this. While they were telling these things, they're like, and you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. And all of a sudden, like, he's there, like in the room, like Jesus, like he himself just showed up right there in the midst of them and says, peace be to you. I don't know how he said it, but I'm going to tell you something. When he said it, they knew what to do. I believe that there was rejoicing and I believe that they were shouting. And all of a sudden, all those things that they'd been learning, they made sense. And all of a sudden, I want you to understand that they left that place. And can you imagine in that moment, I believe that their hearts were set on fire for the glory of God. That is, they realized that Jesus was alive and well and that they had a story to tell. And when they would tell that story, there was something beautiful that would happen. Jesus would show up in that story and they just believed that he would show up. They believed that when he gathered them together and he said, all authority has been given to me. I want you to understand that when all, it means all. He has all authority and he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he says, hey, I got something for you. He said, you guys are going to need to wait back for a little bit because in your own strength we've seen how that worked and it wasn't really good. But he said, if you'll go gather and you'll wait just a little while. He said, there's going to be a time. And he said, you're going to receive power. And he said, you just wait. And they listened and they went and they waited. They believed the things that he was saying. And they said, you're going to go and make disciples. And listen, we need to be a church. And I'm convinced that we need to be a church that just doesn't say, you know what, we're going to get together and talk about what Jesus said. But we're going to be a people that say, you know what, we're going to get together. And then we're going to go do what Jesus said. We're going to get together and we're going to try to live like Jesus. We're going to look like Jesus. And we're going to live out of an overflow of bit, spending time with Jesus. And he said, if you'll just hang tight. He said, something beautiful is going to happen. We're going to look into it a little bit more in the coming weeks. We're going to start a new series called uh, Spirit and Truth. And we're going to talk about how all this intersects. But they said, listen, you go wait and something's going to happen. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, right? And, and into the uttermost parts of the world. And so they waited. And we see in Acts 2, man, this beautiful outpouring of the Spirit. And these who were fleeing and running, right, became bold believers, right? And in Acts 2, we, we see Peter preach this incredible sermon. Right? And we're going we're to look at that next week, Lord willing. Acts 3, these bold believers right there, uh, they, they see a man who is crippled at the temple gate. And they say, silver and gold I don't have, but here's what I've got. He said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And all of a sudden, God heals this man. And there's a man that's leaping around. And people are not happy. The religious people are not happy. And they're trying to silence it. They're trying to shut them up. They're trying to lock them up. They're trying to keep them up. And here's what they're saying. You know what? Uh, we can't uh, help but speak. You know, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you and instead uh, of God, right, to listen to you as men other than God, you be the judge. But he said, here's what we can't do. We can't help but speak. There was something in their heart that had burned within them. And they said, you know what? I can't help. I just can't stop talking about it because Jesus has changed my life. I've seen the risen Christ and I've received the Spirit of God. And as I walk in the Spirit of God, I will not 
be silent. And they began to proclaim that. They said, they said, we can't help but speak those things that we have seen and heard. And they looked and the people would marvel at them. And they would say, you know what? Uh, what are we going to do with them? Maybe we can threaten them. Maybe we can do all this. They said, you know what? They're just unlearned, ignorant fishermen. Boy, I, I like to be referred to as just unlearned, ignorant people. All that. That's just fine. As long as the second part happens as well. But they said, you can't help but see that they have been with Jesus. We ought to leave here, and when we go, people ought to know that we have been with Jesus. There ought to be something different about every one of our lives and the things that are on our hearts. Jesus shows up. they got a story to share. Passionate hearts proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. People who have been with Jesus. This is who we are. People with resurrection hope. People that cannot be silenced. People that will not bow down. People who love Jesus. People who have been with Jesus in his word and, and live to tell that story. People who will talk about it with the world. This is who we are. This is the people of God. This is what God has called us to be because the truth is that in the midst of a world with brokenness, resurrection hope is what is needed. It is the hope that we need when all seems lost. It's the hope that those who are weary, that walked in here today weary, people that might be in a place that they never thought they would be, your neighbors who are walking through the midst of most difficult times, right? What they need is people who will, through the Word of God, through the written Word of God, will speak. And, and when the Word of God is proclaimed, the living Word is revealed. And Jesus shows up. In those moments. And he draws people to repentance. And he reveals himself. He allows people to, to pass from death to life. To understand and be able to see. right, and, and, and grants just this beautiful picture of understanding. As the word of God is proclaimed. Right, The scripture says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. This is how God has chosen for us. To walk as his people. And can I just remind you this morning. Whatever you're facing. Whatever your family's face, when I look at this story, these are just ordinary people on the road to Emmaus. God sees you. You know, I'm reminded that my friend Jesse, that, you know, he was like the favorite of the whole place. Like everywhere you would go, man, people would be gathered around Jesse because he had been with Jesus. He had walked through the fire. And many came out on the other side saying, my God is so good. And it is in our brokenness, it is in those places that there's a world that's desperate to hear of the faithfulness and goodness of our God. We all face heartache. We all face difficulty. We face those things. But we face it with Jesus. And we have living hope. Jesus sees you. He cares and he meets you in those moments. And, and he brings peace. That's what our Savior does. And it's my hope that the reality of the resurrection would not simply be in our head, but that God, in the power of His Spirit, would move it to our heart. And that we would remember the things that we read in His Word. I've heard it said, don't ever doubt in the dark what God has revealed to you in the light. Amen. Jesse walked through the dark. but He remembered who God was in the light. He was with him. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. There might be some of us that have grown cold this morning. Maybe there was a time that people would refer to us as people that were on fire for Jesus and something's happened. 
Something's happening. No longer, no longer are we proclaiming the good news. No longer are we sharing the living hope that we have. And I want to ask you something. How does a fire go out? I'll tell you what happens at my house. It's when I go to bed and I quit putting the wood on it. And I want you to understand, this is the wood for the fire. And some of us have just neglected this. We've, we've got a, the written word of God. And we have said, you know what? There are other things that are more important. I would rather watch TV. I'd rather get on Facebook. I'd rather do all these things. Some of us need to say, you know what? There's a reason my fire's kindled. It's because I've not been engaging in the Word of God. There's some of us that just need to come. And maybe we'd say, you know what? I want to ask the Spirit of God to rekindle the flames in my heart. That He would, in a moment, meet me where I'm at. And Scripture says that you will find Him when you seek Him with all your heart. That we might draw near to Him. You know, James says if we would draw near to Him, that He would draw near to us. And we may be in one of those moments where we say, you know what? I've been indifferent. I've, been, I've not been living in resurrection hope. I've not been living like the resurrection is even true in the way that I live. But I need to be rekindled afresh this morning that the Spirit of God might stir in my heart. and might light me aflame that I might leave this place proclaiming the good news of Jesus. That I might leave with a burning heart that's been transformed by His Word. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never experienced the power of the resurrection in your life. Maybe you, for the first time this morning, said, you know what? I, as I look at the midst of brokenness, and I realize that my greatest need is forgiveness, that my sin has separated me from my holy God. And because of that, Jesus came and he died on the cross, and there was no other way. Jesus knelt in the garden and he said, Father, if there's any other way, he said, let this cup pass from me, but not my will. Yours be done. And the cross was the only way, right? The, the, the perfect man, right? That lived a sinless life that never sinned. He willingly went to the cross and stretched his arms out in our place. Right? When we look to the cross and we recognize that Jesus, that it was the only way. And that God himself, that Jesus stepped out from the glories of heaven. That he, did, that he laid his life down on a cross willingly for me. For you. And we look to that cross. We trust in the finished work. We can be born again. And we can go from those who are weary and doubting to those who are filled with resurrection hope. If you've never trusted Jesus, I invite you to turn from your sin and to trust in him this morning. Again, however God is speaking to you, I pray that we would leave here with hearts of fire. For the glory of God.